0: Ladies and gentlemen, make way for your four hosts. There's Ross, a man so passionate that he could turn any airline feud into a full-blown Kardashian drama. Then there's Christos, the only one of our four hosts who actually knows anything about flying a plane. Then there's Tom, a man so loud that he can still be heard over the roar of a GE90 engine. And finally, the man with the news, and the only one who talks any sense, there's Nick. THIS! It's the Radio Runway Podcast.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to episode three of the Radio Runway Podcast. We hope you've all been enjoying it so far. We've got a lot in store for tonight's episode. Boys, how are we feeling? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Amazing. Mate,
2: it has been a long two weeks without this podcast. It definitely has say. been. Mate, very good. Well, boys, I thought I'd start off the episode by going through our usual housekeeping from the last two weeks. Obviously, a few things have happened. Let's start off with the fact that we went to the Avalon Air Show. Woo! We made our presence known there. I wouldn't actually mind going around and hearing the highlight for each of you of the air show. So, Nick.
0: The highlight of the air show. Now, I went on the Friday. I was lucky enough to see two FA 18s in conjunction with a Qantas A330 going tandem. They did two flyovers and then they landed. That was absolutely awesome to see some commercial and some military aircraft all together. What about yeah. you, Christos?
1: Yeah, nah, that's really cool, Nick. Yeah, unfortunately, I missed that, but yeah, that would have been awesome to see. For me, yeah, it has to be the F-22 Raptor and getting to speak to the, uh, the pilots. That thing is just incredible.
2: Couldn't believe how
1: versatile it, it was. Just, for yeah. me, like, it just doesn't make sense, the aerodynamics of it. <coughs> it's just crazy. It's a cheat code. Legit, Chico though. Yeah, way just flies. It's incredible. Mm.
3: Ross. Yeah, I also went. I went on the Friday show, and mate, the highlight for me seeing not one, not two, but three Jetstar departures.
0: Oh yes, actually, (laughs) (laughs) um, Christos
3: and Tom, you guys
0: went on the Saturday. You guys managed to see a Bonza Seven Thirty Seven Max Eight. Yes, we did, Tom.
2: Didn't we? You know what? It's funny. Like, yeah. It's, it's a fairly militarized air show, and I loved seeing the KC-10, KC-30, mid-air refueling demonstration, all of that. And yet, somehow, that Bonza 737 MAX right at the end of day, four, uh, day two on the Saturday. Oh, I
0: loved it. You guys actually might th- think that we're joking here, but we're genuinely not when we say we were... The most excited to see the Bonza. How yeah. good was that? It, it was E-195 good, but
3: can fight. I can I just clarify? the I did like the fighter jets better than the Jetstar departures. I just want to put it out there. The <laughs> F-22 <laughs> was probably the highlight for me. The,
1: the F-35 was definitely the highlight. The was F-35 was just way wow. Wow. That blew my eardrums. <laughs> yeah.
3: I liked the Black Eagles.
1: Yeah. Cor- or- shout,
2: shout out South Korean listeners. You guys I'll, produce some pretty yeah, good
3: amazing uh, aerobatics. performance
1: by them. Really cool to see. When, I'll but- say it right here, right now black eagles over red roulettes. Wow. Yeah. I'll say
3: it. I'll, say it. I'll, I'll agree with you on
0: that. I'll say We're
2: going to have um, Mark, the uh, head of the uh, roulettes, coming at us now. He'll be sending us hate mail. Yeah.
0: Well, they didn't draw a
2: picture of their flag up in the sky. That's right. At the Pepsi logo, you mean? Yeah, Ugh. that's
0: right.
1: Yeah. Not going to lie, I know later in the year, uh, the- Blue Angels, I'm pretty sure it's the Blue Angels or the Thunderbirds will be coming to the Gold Coast uh, air show in August. I'm pretty sure, but it will be amazing to see them at Avalon one year. Got an email, Tom.
2: Ma- Thank you. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, you know what? Blue Angels,
1: that'll be huge. Yeah, the, to see the Blue Angels or Thunderbirds, at Avalon,
2: Yeah, that'll be huge. Freedom. You know what? In fact, I'd even say the Blue Angels, the way they make me feel,
0: makes you feel very good. Doesn't it, Nick? It does. It does. does. (laughs) That was me talking about the Boeing Sky interior, by the way. It was.
3: It
2: does make you feel very good, to be fair. It does. Yep. You know what? An interior like that, small enough for Christos? I could probably fit in the
1: luggage compartment easy. (laughs) You could
3: as well,
0: because they have bigger luggage compartments I want to apologize.
2: (laughs) I didn't even play that. Damn, how'd that happen? Um, Yeah. So, yeah, look, the air show was fantastic. Um, We also, I noticed after last episode, I mentioned that we would be releasing the full unedited conversation of our Boeing versus Airbus black box segment. Unfortunately, as it happens, um, due to a variety of reasons, I haven't actually gotten around to it yet, As this episode is uploaded, you'll notice just beforehand there's a little bit of bonus content, and that is, as promised, the full unedited black box segment. Now, boys, I also just wanted to bring to light the fact that I severely undercooked the very first black box segment when I talked about Brandenburg Airport. I did not do it justice. And so, to summarize, I prepared a little something for the listeners to summarize exactly the Overarching issues with Brandenburg from start to finish, so let's play that now. While airports can sometimes be confusing, they are almost always functional enough to operate regular aircraft movements. But in Germany, there is an airport that has so many issues that the government is considering shutting it down. Brandenburg Airport was designed in 2002 and slated to begin construction in 2006. It was supposed to be ready to open in 2011, and yet it didn't open its doors until nine years later in October of 2020. The troubles began from the very beginning the architect chosen to design the airport absolutely hated shopping. To him, the idea of airport duty-free represented a waste of space, time and money. But what no one involved in the project realised until years into the project was that, believe it or not, duty-free shopping is what helps pay the bills. So nine months into the airport's development, new architects had to completely reshape the floor plan to fit in more shopping and hospitality to act as a revenue buffer for the new airport. It was at this point that city planning officials also realised that the airport's design was already too small for a rocketing European air travel market. So they ordered a complete overhaul of the plans, asking for 65% more space. The only problem? The site that they had chosen for the airport had absolutely no room for expansion or growth. It was limited by agriculture and housing in every direction. And then there's also the fact that all of the core infrastructure and footings of the original designs were already built meaning that any changes would require brand new existing works and would already have to be torn down and restarted. Then in 2011, months before the airport was due to open at its new largest scale, an external review of the airport's safety infrastructure found that while the plans for the airport had been upscaled, the fire and emergency infrastructure had not been upgraded with it. All in all, the review concluded by deciding that the airport had a readiness factor of a measly 56%, stating that the airport was one of the most unsafe and unprepared that the review team had ever seen. Now, as normal human beings, you and I would take that advice on board and delay the opening that was due to happen months later. As it happens, German government officials aren't They were so focused on the big opening day party that was planned that they decided to draft a plan to staff every single emergency exit or fire safety point in the airport with at least one person 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. That's right. In order to avoid cancelling an opening party, they planned to employ in excess of 4,500 staff to stand and operate every single door in the airport. It took literally one single politician from regional Germany to realise just how ridiculous and nonsensical the idea was for German officials' whole grand plan to come to a screeching halt. The party was off and the opening was delayed for further works to be completed. So yes, boys, as you can tell... It was very undercooked, our conversation in week one, because I didn't really provide all the details. As you can tell, a little bit more detail in that little seg that I prepared for this week. With that, that is the end of the housekeeping.
3: So it just astounds me how, when you're designing an airport, you wouldn't think of how it would be paid off over the years. Like, oh,
2: well, this architect was famous for that. He actually, he's designed a few other famous airports in Germany. He he designed. He, he was famed for designing many other airports in the European sector. But across all of those airports, there were similar issues in that he designed airports with minimal to no duty free, and the whole plans had to be backtracked to add that. Yet people loved him for some reason because I guess the rest of the function of the functionality of the airport still was good. <laughs> Nevertheless, this was the, his biggest mistake yet. Well, actually, not even his German bureaucrats' biggest mistake.
1: Would you refund the government the money back? I don't think so.
2: Yeah, well, uh, yeah, like I said, 6.5 billion euros. That's a lot of money to refund to the government. And with that, we're actually going to mix up the format this week, boys. We are jumping straight into our regular game segment. And this week, Ross, I hear you've got an absolute banger for us.
3: It's either going to go very good or very bad, but we'll see how we go. So this game is called Who Am I? Good enough. (laughs) okay Okay, so what so you have to guess the airline so i've got three pieces of paper here numbered one two and three and one at a time i'll get all of you to pick out one of these numbers and i'll quit i'll give you five clues as to what airline the clues are for and obviously if you can guess the airline in the least number of guesses then you earn more points or then you win i've got five clues everyone will start off on five points And then if I have to read out two clues, then you'll get four points. If I have to read out three clues, it's three points and so on. Beautiful. And if you can't guess it after all the points, then you lose.
2: Yep. Ah. Okay. And let's just establish the Nick wins counter at the start here. He's two from two of two episodes. So can he go three from three? Can Christos or I actually steal one win away from him? Unlikely, but we'll see. Here we go.
3: All right. So who wants to go first? Christos, you go first. All All right, Christos, you can pick a number.
1: Let's go number three. Number, number three. I would say number eight, but there's no eight. Simpsons. Do you reference. know what? Yeah. Know. Number eight. Uh, I was thinking of the
0: Simpsons movie. Do you know the mayor of Springfield? Mayor, how they, um, mayor Quimby.
1: Uh,
2: mayor Queen Bee Beyonce, the one and only. Oh, Quimby, sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the Simpsons movie. You know how they have to. Do the environmental protection program? Oh, Epa, yeah. Epa,
2: yeah. And
0: then, and then the, uh, and then the, the guy was like, "I pick number three. Oh yeah, That's <laughs> <right>. okay, <laughs> number three. That's a reference and a half. Don't go you want to look
3: at them first? I pick Swing number three. three. <laughs> All right, so Christos oh, for God. five points. Your first clue. Love the millionaire hot seat music. Yes, let's go. I am a very large airline. You will find my 400 aircraft at over 300 airports across 122 different countries.
1: American Airlines. No.
3: Actually, I'll, I'll, I'll give you like two guesses per clue. So okay. It's a, so you just don't start rapid fire. Do you want me to read it out again?
1: No, no, no. Delta?
3: All right. All right. For four points, your second clue. God damn it. Pick a plane and I operate it. From the Dreamliner to the A350, the 777 to the A330, the 737, Next Gen and Max, the A320, Current and Neo. Jeez, this is so well done. Jeez. I'm very impressed. You can't guess. You've seen it. I know, but I'm just looking at it. It's unbelievable. Can
2: I just interject and say, Nick, do you have a rough idea already of what it is? Yeah, I do. Yeah.
3: Oh, my gosh. Can you just text it to me? No, (laughs) No. 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 no,
1: no. Man, they have pretty much every goddamn aircraft. No, you're I, th- not- I thought it was that, but no, they don't not- have... I'm nah, going to take a... You know what? I'll yep. go to clue take three. A three. What? You'll go to clue three? I'll go three. to clue
3: three. Okay. He's going to clue three. I've been around for a while. 90 years to be exact. <laughs> if you go back long enough, you'll see my livery on the 707, the DC-10, the A340, the 737 Classics, the A310, and the 747. The A310.
1: Bo, Boah, Boah carayo. Can't be KLM, they don't operate the AT50. Was that a guess? No. No, it wasn't a guess! I said, said it said can't it. be. I said it can't be KLM.
3: <laughs> okay, sorry. Okay, so that was not a guess.
1: Pretty was? Sure, God damn I'll
3: it. I'll give you one more guess before it's clue number four. <sighs> While you think, I'll just give it to the viewers at home so they can hear it again. Or I'll read all the all the clues so far. Um I am a very large airline. You will find my 400 aircraft at over 300 airports across 122 different countries. Pick a plane and I operate it. From the Dreamliner to the A350, the 777 to the A330, the 737, Next Gen and Max, the A320, Current and Neo. I've been around for a while, 90 years to be exact. If you go back long enough, you'll see my livery on the 707, the DC-10, the A340, the 737 Classics, the A310 and the 747. United? United? All right. Clue number four. Okay. My network is largely a hub and spoke network. Do you remember that from uni? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was a while back. That was like my first year. <laughs> that
2: realistically is a clue that tells you that it's a legacy carrier, right? Yeah. If you think about it. Because mm-hmm. it's hub and spoke. Is that? Oh,
1: there are some
0: airlines I'm, out there. Yeah. but There are some
2: low cost carriers that are
0: hub and spoke. The chances, Scoot. the chances for of it being like true. That's right. correct.
1: Ninety years.
3: Yeah, I just showed Nick. <laughs>
0: <sighs>
2: I guessed it before, though. God damn! Yeah. He's
3: too you're, you're good. You're not He's getting any good. You're not getting any points for this. Though. Which is
1: really satisfying, my
3: I. if you get this, you can you can get a solid two points.
1: Uh, ah, no, got to clue five. Clue, clue five. Right. Okay, for one point. Three is not my lucky number.
3: The city I'm based in. Some argue it's in Europe. Others argue it's in Asia. And others say it's in the Middle East. Oh, that
2: gives it away. Yeah, it's like sort of situated in between,
3: really, all three.
0: What's east of where
2: you come from? Where's the best place to go get a hair transplant?
1: <laughs> oh, can't be. Don't tell me it's Turkish. Yes, it is. F***. <laughs>
2: He's done it.
1: Yes. I can't.
3: No, that 400 me. aircraft, 300, uh, 300 destinations across 122 different countries. Pick a plane and they operate it: the Dreamliner, the A three hundred and fifty, the Triple Seven, the A 737, the A three twenty. They used to operate oh. the seven hundred and seven, the DC ten, the three hundred and forty. It was it was it first started in nineteen thirty
1: three. I didn't. That's why I said don't tell me it's Turkish because I did not know they've been around for that long. Yeah, no, that, that, had, that, that, that is mean, crazy. When yeah. you
3: said
0: they operated to one hundred and twenty two destinations, the penny dropped. Me.
1: because I, you did a uh, an I, did, I did, I did an assignment, an assignment okay. on it. To so like <laughs> actually, Nick actually studied them for a bigger, which is which is exactly so why you know, so I'll let you I'm keep t- that one you now. Then I'll I'm glad go. I took I'll that. I'll tell you a fun fact about Turkish God, Airlines, yeah, they fly on. to the
0: most amount of destinations out of any airline in the world. That's Damn. why I thought it might stump you guys, yeah. They but use, also, absolute,
2: absolute DC 10 absolute heaven send that Nick didn't pick that one because that was that 122 destinations that was on the five pointer. That wasn't the first clue. Yeah, the fact that I chose
0: yeah, this I know, and I know. away from
3: Nick makes me happy. I actually thought Lufthansa, <laughs> but then I saw 737s. I was like, ah, oh, no. no of the airlines them. that I've done, that was the one I was hoping Nick wasn't going to get. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Who wants to go next? I'll go. All right. Yep. One or two?
2: Um, oh. One, because I'm always number one. Oh, boy. Woo! <gasps> That's actually not true. Nick needs to be choosing number right. one if that's the
3: case. I'm just kind of <laughs> going to face away so you don't see it. That's fair. Now, I- I- Christos, you can you can, you can look um, at this can one. Oh, yeah, a- All right, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, Nick, you ready with the samba? Yeah, yeah. All right, Tom, for five points. Size doesn't matter. Although I only have twelve aircraft, I still fly to twenty-six destinations. With my longest route being nine thousand kilometers.
2: I'm going to jump straight in and say Oman Air. No. Okay. I get another guess, right? Yeah, I'll give you one more. Okay. 9,000 kilometers. I suppose I can't ask if it was the correct region, can I? Because it's probably in the clues later. Um, let's go with another one in that region then. Saudia. No. Okay. <coughs> All right. I actually think I know what
3: it is. For four points, clue number two. You'll find my colours painted on the 737 MAX, the 737-800, the A330, the ATR-72, the ATR-42, the A350, but also a Dash-6 Twin Otter. I know exactly what this is. Oh, God.
0: And God, only 20-something
2: aircraft. Okay. Okay. I can do this. I can do this. Think, think, think. Um, okay. I'm going to take a stab in the... European region and I'm going to say uh, vamos air um, okay my second guess will go American I don't really know who operates that stuff in America that's on such a smaller scale and has an A330 um, okay I'm gonna say stab in the dark um, let's go with Rossier
3: no no I don't know. Okay. Right. Your, Next third, clue. your third clue. This should help you a bit. I've been around for 92 years and <sighs> used to operate under a different name. My old livery was much more colorful, but my current livery is even better and represents my country better.
2: Oh, oh my. Oh. See, this is. It's my fault for
3: only knowing smaller airlines in the Arab region. You know this airline, Tom. I, I 100%. Uh, this know airline this. has been mentioned in both podcasts.
1: Yes. Has it? <clears throat> Is actually, yep, really pretty sure it's been yet. It. You'd you know it,
3: Tom. Yeah, you know it. You know it. oh wow, as well as me talking to you on a daily basis
2: about this airline.
3: Well, every now and then, mm.
2: oh, it's probably something really obvious. It's it is, me. it is okay. Okay, okay, okay. No, you'll no, be I can k- do you'll this.
3: be kicking yourself when I tell you what this is. Okay, um, ITA, no. <laughs> Okay. I think they've got more than 12. They
0: definitely have more than 12. They have A320s, not 737s, by
3: the way.
2: Yeah, yeah. Sorry, good point. No, come on. Okay. Um, My next guess is going to be... Cebu Pacific.
3: No. <sighs> Your fourth clue for two points. I can't speak for everyone, but it's safe to assume that all passengers on my planes are travelling on holiday.
2: Low-cost carrier... To a place that is good to go to holidays to. Oh, is it Batik Air? No. Also known as Melindo. I uh, have a beef cheek. I do have a beef cheek, and it's in my brain right now, stopping me from answering. Iron Air. I don't know.
3: Alright, your last clue. My entire network is over the Pacific Ocean.
2: Oh, wait, you said A350, didn't you? I'm such a twat. I've been ruling them out every single process. It's Fijian. Yes, like, you got it. Yes. Mate, I kid you not. I'm sitting there. I'm literally sitting there after the second clue going, oh, yeah, but Fijian have more than that. Oh, no, but Fiji have way more airlines than that. No, they've
3: way more airlines than that. By aircraft, the way- aircraft, sorry. Yeah. I think it's perfect that you guess this one because I reckon this next one will actually take Nick a while to guess. Its longest route is Nandi to Beijing, which is eight thousand nine hundred ninety-four kilometers. Does I it actually round. go to Beijing? Yeah, so I, I just rounded that up. Well, Roth, I want to apologise. I really, you've, you've do. only got yourself to blame. All right, yeah. Nick. Yep. Are you ready? Do I have a choice? Not really. Yeah,
2: ladies and gentlemen. Well, even if you're start not, your engines and you, this one will be five seconds. I'm telling you.
3: No, I think this this one is. I reckon this might take Nick a while. Look, the
1: worst case scenario now ends in a draw, so I'll take that.
3: Christos,
2: I'll happily equal second place with you.
1: (laughs) Really? You think Nick will get this? I think... Oh, what is it?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, Nick. I think Christos and I have got this in
3: the bag.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All I'm going to say is I'm glad... Oh, yeah, picked my like, I, did, now, I, did, I did picked
3: my one now and Tom pick that. Oh my Christos, gosh, I'm so I did so not glad. want you to get this one. So this actually works out perfectly. Here right. we go, ladies and gentlemen. All right. All right, Nick, your first clue for five points. Yep. I am a low-cost airline based in East Asia. Air Asia.
2: <laughs>
0: Vietjet.
3: Starting. clue, strong, let's go, let's right, go. I'm, Lou, for four I'm, so, points. I'm so pumped. For four points. My fleet of 37 aircraft are all from the A320 family. Jetstar Asia. That's a good guess, but... It was a good guess, yeah. I knew it was going to be up there.
2: I've got my finger hovering on the incorrect button.
1: (laughs) We love you, but we hope you get these wrong. (laughs) So true.
0: So you're a low-cost carrier in East Asia and you only operate... A320
2: family of aircraft. Correct. This music is so good for the intensity.
3: I know, right? Damn, I'm getting got, nervous. I've got goosebumps. You've actually stumped me, mate. Um, yes! Oh, that is exactly what wait, I wanted. Wait, wait, wait ex- exactly what I wanted. <laughs> I, that is, I am complete now. <laughs> I've stumped, I've just stumped goes Nick. to
1: show how much we suck at this. <laughs>
3: HK Express? You no. You can do it. <laughs> All right. Oh, here we go. Your third clue. It's
1: got three more.
3: Although I do fly internationally, majority of my network is domestic. CityLink? <laughs> you really need to study your planes.
2: Oh, damn. Oh, he's d- throwing
0: them out Them shade. fighting words.
3: Just go on to the next one. I'm, not I'm not I'm not, one. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'll All go to right, for, two, for two points, my headquarters is in Osaka, Kansai Airport. Oh
1: God, Tom. Can we walk away with a draw?
3: Jetstar, Japan? No. Oh, thank God. We are one guess away from a draw, Chris. How are you feeling? How are you feeling?
1: I feel like on top of the world at the moment. I'll tell you how I'm
3: feeling. You'll definitely get it on the Makes fifth clue. feel
1: very good. <laughs> very good indeed. <laughs> Makes me feel very good.
3: Junyao Air. No. (coughs) All right, your fifth clue. I'll read them all together and you'll watch the gears click. Here we go. I am a low-cost airline based in East Asia. My fleet of 37 aircraft are all from the A320 family. Although I do fly internationally, majority of my network is domestic. My headquarters is in Osaka, Kansai Airport. I am named after a fruit.
2: Read the rest of the fruit clue.
3: No. Peach. Yes. I'm an idiot
2: Oh <laughs> boys Oh you know what I really need to celebrate good times <laughs>
1: Celebration <you know? laughs> I can't see you ladies and gentlemen But Okay you're all seething with me now <laughs> it feels good to walk away with a draw Nick It's been a pleasure
3: I thought Tom would have gotten that one Because Oh you've been to Japan haven't you? Yeah I've been to j- No not yet Oh I, I saw it so much when I was there And I thought oh wow This is me and Christos right now Yeah Yep we hey, just you drew actually with Nick. haven't
2: beaten me. You're
0: we just drew with,
3: with
2: Nick. Hey, we still won a week.
3: Yes, let's but go. The mental breakdown that you had makes us all winners.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah,
3: yeah, baby. I'll let you keep that. Do some studying.
1: I'm gonna say it again. We are horrible friends. Nick, well, <laughs> no, honestly, Nick, that was a hard one. Yeah. I got the hardest one out of them all. That is why I said I'm glad I got two of I got the hardest airline. one out of them all.
2: Episode three, yet another banger of a game. We'll have to bring that one back, I reckon, at some point in the future. But for now, let us go straight to the news with the only man who talks any sense. It's Nick. (laughs)
0: Thank you very much, Tom.
2: I really appreciate
0: that intro. We actually need to make a soundbite for the news intro. We'll figure something out in the next coming episodes. First thing in the news, I want to talk about Lufthansa. Now, it's a bit of a German theme today, I must say, because obviously, Tom, you brought back Brandenburg Airport. I want to talk about Lufthansa. The Lufthansa group have ordered 22 new aircraft. This includes five A350-900s, 10 A350-1000s, and seven Boeing 787-9s. I'm assuming that all of these will actually be going to Lufthansa itself and not
2: the airlines within that group. What do we think, fellas? I think it comes at the expense of something really good and something really bad. Mm-hmm. I think it comes at the expense of the A340 600 and That's 300 series yep. which yep. I think is well overdue. They're gas guzzlers. Time to go. Bye-bye. No coming back, sorry mate. But they are one of only 3 3 airlines in the world. Actually, this is something that an avid listener, my father wanted me to ask you guys. Yeah. Quickly, but there are 3 airlines in the world that currently operate the 747 400 you're going to make commercially. What is what is the third airline? We've obviously got Korean Air and we've got Lufthansa. What's the third airline? You know it, Nick. Air China.
0: There we go. And that's, you meant the 800, by the way.
2: Yeah, the 800. Sorry. Yeah.
0: Anyway, no, I was, was going to po- say, I was only thinking the 400. I'm, Look, not, the,
1: cr- I, I'm not crying, you're crying. Well, yeah, Lufthansa operate the
3: 400 actually as well. Yeah, 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 yeah no, I know, but I couldn't think of any other airline that still operates. There. I told my dad, I said, I'm telling you, Nick will know
2: it straight away. And you did. Um, I do want to mention Shout that out, Scott Conway. That's it. Shout out, Scott. The only reason that I mention the 747 is, as you just mentioned, Nick, These this order comes at the expense of the 747. Some of them will be phased out, which sucks because it's, as you mentioned in episode two, Christos, it's an airline that the people love and still to this day love. You love. Everyone, it, everyone loves it. It's an look, icon.
1: There's a reason it's been named the Queen of the Skies, and it's there's a reason why there was so much publicity and media releases when it had its final flight here in Australia when Qantas um, sent her off. So yeah, I think for especially for those who are really into aviation, love aircraft, it did hit a hit a soft spot when we got to see her go.
0: Now, what I've heard is Lufthansa have actually come out and they have revealed a new cabin product, and it ranges from first class to economy class, and they have stated that they will put it on their 747-8s. So it's not the 747-8s that will go, but the aircraft that will go is the A380 and all of the A340 variants. So the 747s are here to stay. The 800s later, it's not the 400s.
2: Okay, the 400s will go. The
0: 400s will go, the 800s will stay. For a
2: second there. Okay, that's good. That Mm. fits what I was reading about Lufthansa because- I was going to be confused for a second there. I thought they meant they mentioned something about the 747s being phased out. But if it's just the 400s and the, the 800s are staying on, which makes sense, right? Because the farewell event, didn't the CEO of Lufthansa come up and say it's an aircraft we want to utilize and operate commercially well into the... You know, yeah, the, the 2030s. The, they're invested right. in it. They're going to put their brand new product in it. Absolutely. So, so you know what? With that in mind, I, I have to say thank you, Lufthansa, keeping such a great aircraft alive. And I'm actually happy that they're introducing 350 more more 77s and 350s into the fleet. Time to get rid of what is basically the equivalent of a 1994 Holden Astra still operating commercially. So yes,
0: you got rid of your uh, Toyota Corolla today,
2: today. Today was a sad day. I too phased out a major mode of transport. Um, I phased out the good old 2009 Toyota Corolla sedan silver. Lovely colour. Sad to see it go. Cheeky little 500 on the side, but... It was the pox box. (laughs) The pox box. Hey, that served me loyally through many speeding tickets. (laughs) (laughs) We do not promote
1: speeding on the podcast. We
2: do not promote speeding on the podcast, do we? Overspeed, overspeed. (laughs) Overspeed, overspeed. Pull
1: up. Whoop, whoop. (laughs)
2: Uh, Yes. So, yes, no, it's good. I, I think good news from Lufthansa on that one. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You mentioned Lufthansa's CEO. Now, the Lufthansa Supervisory Board have extended the contract of CEO Carson Spohr by another five years. They must have heard his magnificent speech on the 747.
2: Either that itself. or Lufthansa shareholders discovered that... Making money is actually a good tag. You never know. <laughs> yeah, you never know. <laughs>
1: that <laughs> money back.
2: Of course you won't.
1: Of course you won't.
2: This, that's this week's Alan Joyce soundbite. One new every week, as you... Well, no. And this is this week's one.
1: Make a money is actually a good tag.
2: And that, of course, is Making from his money is actually a good press thing. conference talking about... That is, of course, his press conference talking about the profits with Qantas this year. Sorry to interject.
0: Finally, the last thing I want to talk about Lufthansa this week is that the group continues talks with ITA in acquiring a majority stake in the airline they're also looking at investing into TAP Portugal, in which the Portuguese government intends on privatising at least 50% of the airlines. According to our man, Carsten Spohr, who we just mentioned earlier, the priority is to acquire ITA first, as they see the rome Fiumicino hub as an ideal gateway to serve the southern hemisphere flights. And by this, I'm assuming they mean to Africa and South America. Unfortunately, probably not Australia. Although I wouldn't complain. If we did see that big blue A350 on our shores,
2: that would be nice. So, hey, what do we think? I could, wrong, they,
0: I could be wrong, but did the
3: Lufthansa used to
0: fly here? All the airlines used to fly here. KLM used to fly here.
3: Olympic. I
2: think yeah, Olympic, yeah.
3: What's I think- Olympic?
2: Genuinely, what is Olympic? I don't know
1: what It that used is. to be pretty much the Qantas equivalent in Greece. <laughs> yeah, I was, oh, wow. it was the main carrier. Now, the main car- carrier there is a GN Airlines. Oh wow! Yeah,
3: I was tossing between doing that for my game, but I thought better not. <laughs> yeah, it would have been way too hard to get hard. it
0: in one hit. So, what do we what do we think? Lufthansa acquiring ITA
2: and Tap Portugal, the Lufthansa group. You know what? ITA, good call. Good. It,
1: it's I think about can time put a time lot that, of money into it, it.
2: it. Yeah, it's about time that an Italian carrier stayed afloat.
0: Um, yeah. Do you want to know something about Alitalia, the airline before ITA? Seventy six years, it was loss making. It Mm -hmm. did not turn a profit for 76 consecutive years. And 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 the Italian
1: government kept it afloat. I'm guessing COVID was the final nail in the coffin.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The exact opposite of Southwest. But doubled in time as well.
1: Yeah. Do you know what?
0: This actually reflects back on what Michael O'Leary has been theorizing all along. Mm. And he believes that in Europe, there'll be three major airline groups as the legacy carriers. So you've got the Lufthansa Group. You've got Air France, KLM, and you've got IAG, which are the owners of British Airways, Air Lingus, uh, Iberia, Vueling, And then there'll be two low-cost carriers. So you'll have Ryanair or you'll have EasyJet. Because EasyJet and Wizz Air, I don't know whether they're still doing it, but for a long time, they are in talks about merging with each other.
2: I think Wizz Air are in a far better position than EasyJet currently coming out of the pandemic. As noted in the news over the last few weeks... Wizz strategy during COVID was big brain. It was huge. The idea that while other carriers downscaled and deferred all of their production orders, all their orders, and Boeing and Airbus set those orders aside, stopped producing their aircraft, Wizz Air went, we'll take that slot, we'll take that slot, we'll take that slot. They upscaled their production. They got all of these aircraft delivered to them in far earlier time than they ever expected and now they're coming out of the pandemic being one of the only airlines in Europe with adequate, more than adequate capacity, meaning they can continue to offer low fares while everyone else's prices go up. But sorry, I'll save that for our black box segment later talking about fares. But I think that all of that goes towards the idea of Wizz Air, the name Wizz Air, staying front of mind in Europe Mm -hmm. in the long term.
0: Yeah. No, that's a good analysis right there. I actually didn't know about that, so
2: thanks for that time. I think you could have put that any better.
0: Yeah. Well, let's keep it on topic here with low-cost carriers because the second thing in the news I want to mention is a Southwest Boeing 737 MAX that was forced to return back to Cuba following a bird strike. Now, I've got a statement here from Southwest themselves saying that Southwest flight WN3923, departing Havana, Cuba for Fort Lauderdale, Florida on Sunday morning, reportedly experienced bird strikes to an engine and the aircraft nose shortly after takeoff. The pilots safely returned to Havana, where customers evacuated the aircraft via slides due to smoke in the cabin. Have you actually seen that? video of the smoke in
3: the cabin i didn't see the video but i heard about it smoke in the air
1: smoke in the air smoke in the air (laughs) it (laughs) was so thick
3: dagger one defending sorry just had to
2: (laughs) throw those (laughs) references in their top gun mavericks
3: ross is so triggered at this Uh, yeah i just say you you three ruined that movie can i just say can can i just say to the
0: listeners right now ross calls himself an av geek and it took him one whole year to watch Top Gun Maverick. Yes, that's and right. And when he watched it, he watched it after the recording of the podcast,
2: episode two. And Christos, what did you do? The whole movie? Actually, what did we do, I, don't I know guess?
3: You all quoted <laughs> the line <laughs> of the not- movie ten seconds before the line was going to be said in every scene. Race- it's what's, important that you brace what's, yourself for what's the scene.
1: the past man? is the past, Ross, for both of us.
3: <laughs> and that, and <laughs> now, strong. whenever they quote the movie, I just have a mental downward spiral spin.
2: Spiral, a downward spiral, that's pretty low. Um, I can go as low as you, sir, though, and that's saying something. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Keep it up, boys. No, so I haven't seen the video. Tell me more about the video.
0: Oh, it's was literally a video filmed by a passenger and the smoke really filled the cabin. Like, it was really thick, dark smoke. Luckily, everyone got out.
1: Can I ask, in that video... Have you seen it? Not yet, but I yeah. want to know if people hanging around in the cabin trying to grab their luggage. Oh, Did I, didn't, everyone... I didn't
0: I didn't look at it to that extent, but all I know is that it was quite thick smoke. People had to evacuate via the slides. Everyone got out though, safe Excellent. and sound, which is which is the most important thing. The customers and crew were bussed to the terminal, for they the... were accommodated for another flight. So, realistically, Southwest I've got we're... the video
2: for the viewers at home. I have got the video on screen for us to have a look at now. It looks kind of dramatic. My goodness.
1: And, Pete, it was, and it does look They like, are grabbing their... Okay, they guys, are grabbing the, I just the, want to do a public uh, notice announcement, please. If you are ever, God forbid, in an aviation emergency and the plane has safely landed, you need to evacuate, please leave your baggage behind. When it's time to evacuate the aircraft, that is the most important thing. Can always go back for your bags later. That's right, exactly right.
2: Hey, they got to use the emergency slide. I'm jealous. Yeah, that's unfair. Seriously, isn't the world cruel? I know.
1: Oh, that was a seven three seven max. Yeah, it's oh, got nothing really? to do with the safety record. Got on that nothing aircraft, to do. By the way, don't go did, did they say, max bashing on this because yeah, exactly right. it's a bird strike. Did they meant?
2: Did they say anything about how it was? That a bird strike caused smoke in the cabin? i got no
0: idea. I actually haven't looked that deep into it yet. I think we need to... I'm just brushing over the content there'll
2: here. There'll probably be... I say, I'd have, have to guess the FAA would be having a very close look at
1: the black box. Yeah. Flight data recorder.
2: The, sorry. The flight data recorder, yes. Maybe, that should, as well. maybe, maybe that's what I should have as the intro. Flight data
3: recorder. recorder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For those listening as well, the black box isn't actually black, is it? It's nope. orange.
1: Bright orange. Yeah. Really?
3: Sometimes it's black if there's been enough fire.
1: Oh, <laughs> <my God. laughs> So, yes. Bit of info for the viewers. The reason it is orange is so that when it is in the recovery stage, uh, search and rescue or recovery teams can easily spot the uh, flight data recorder oh. and voice recorder. That is interesting. I had no idea about that.
2: I just thought, I assumed it was because of the TV show, Orange is the New Black.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's easier to spot <laughs> By the way, black
0: box just sounds much better than orange box. Oh yeah, yeah that
2: too, mate. The orange box. We've, so recovered, nice. the orange We've box. recovered the orange <laughs> box. We've Recovered the orange box. That's
0: right. Finishing up the news, I want to say big up to Southwest Airlines. They handled it professionally. Everyone got out of that incident all good, and they managed to get to Fort Lauderdale, albeit a few hours later than scheduled. But
3: <laughs> I don't think the bird was all good. But yes, yeah. oh,
0: <laughs> true. Yeah. Rest in peace, bird. Birds. There are a few, actually. That's
2: true. Smoke and red confetti. Mm.
0: That is the end of the news segment, and it is now time to hand over to myself because I will also be doing the black box segment this week. That is an absolute plot twist. Black box. Thank you for that, Tom. Now, this week on the black box segment, I want to address probably the most asked question to airlines in the post-pandemic world, and that question is, Why are the price of airfares so much more expensive now than they were pre-COVID? Now, we've all seen the comments online, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, probably not the best places to look for proper information. But you hear people bashing airlines saying, you know, they're raising prices for CEO bonuses and to quickly recover the the losses that they made over the past three years. Now... To be fair, we'd be lying to you if we said that these claims were 100% false. But I guess today what we want to address are the key underlying factors which are causing these rising airfares. Now, I actually personally want to narrow it down to two elements. Number one, we have the rising cost of fuel as a result of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And number two, we've got airlines that are struggling to bring capacity back, whether it be aircraft or whether it be labor. to pre-pandemic levels so starting off with factor number one that's a pretty obvious one you know we all have cars here right we all pull Mm. up to our local petrol station Uh, well well as of a
2: few hours ago not all of us yeah but the listeners at home lots of uh, car drivers
0: lots of car drivers yeah probably pull up to the petrol station look at those numbers tick away as they keep going up and up and up and up and up it's expensive isn't it nowadays it's so expensive to fill up your car. And the same goes with aircraft, you know? And I'll give you some actual numbers. So I've got the figures here from the International Air Transport Association's Jet Fuel Price Monitor. What an
2: absolute mouthful, but very
0: reliable source.
2: JFPM. Yes. Thanks, Tom. Nailed it. I will continue to abbreviate everything you say. Continue.
0: Jet Fuel, JF, is currently at $107.00 us dollars per barrel
2: now that's usd for everyone listening thank you tom keep All at right. it mate thank making you money. you're doing very very well <laughs> <laughs> making money is actually a good thing
0: making money is actually a good thing thank you alan well that's definitely down it is definitely down from the past few months that we've seen it still represents about a 26 percent increase in in the cost of fuel compared to the highest recorded fuel price in 2019, which is around $85 a barrel. So we got to look at the financial state of the airlines, you know, over the past three years, the entire airline industry lost $220 billion. That's equivalent to nine years worth of profits. So putting it straight, unfortunately airlines are not in the financial position to be able to absorb any of these additional costs. So part of that, price increase that you're actually seeing comes from the fact that airlines are simply passing down their increased costs because they are not in position at the moment to absorb them. So that's that's number one. Number two is a bit more nuanced in my eyes, and it's got to do with airlines struggling to bring back capacity, particularly in the long haul segments. Now, realistically, since the COVID restrictions have eased across the world, particularly here in Australia, we've seen this huge pent up demand. And that demand is primarily from leisure travelers and a category that we call in the aviation industry as visiting
2: friends and family. Uh, That's VFR. Also, not to be confused with the other VFR, which is visual flight rating? Rules.
1: Visual flight rules. Goodness me. See, hey, I'm sorry. I'm not the
2: only one of the four hosts who actually knows anything about flying (laughs) a plane. So thank you, Christos, for correcting me on that.
0: Yes. Thank you, Tom. VFR, that's correct. And what we're actually seeing, which is very interesting, are these these leisure travellers and these VFR travellers, and they're actually booking themselves into the, the premium cabins. So they're actually paying Damn. their hard-earned cash, and they're upgrading themselves into business, into first class, into premium economy class. But that has absolutely nothing to do with what I'm saying today. But what I'm saying is we saw this huge jump in travel demand, and airlines, they didn't expect it. And they're on the back foot. They don't have enough fleet out. They've had to ground or sort of let go of a lot of their staff just to keep financially afloat. And I think, Tom, maybe you can talk about the labour shortage that we have at the moment in terms of what airlines are battling with.
2: That's right. So, yeah, crew shortage is a big issue at the moment. It's at the forefront of most airlines' problems that they have to solve currently currently. It goes hand in hand with a few things, the firstly being the Great Resignation, and that comes, about, that comes with talking about what employment looks like in 2023. There's been many different psychologists and specialists that have analysed what the job market looks like in 2023, and a lot of them have said that due to the coronavirus pandemic, there has been a wave of people quitting their jobs, which has led to employees to rethink how, why, and where they work. Probably the most notable point of that it's summarized in the line it's not just about getting another job or leaving the workforce it's about taking control of your work and personal life and making a big decision resigning to accomplish that Uh, and that comes from psychologist Anthony Klotz and he makes a very good point there a two year break off work allows you to completely shift your mindset away from I'm doing this to make a living and more towards what do I really want to do in life i have a two-year break to reset and decide exactly where i yeah. want to end up and there's been a few great publicized examples of that we have flight attendant emily capewell she was on um, Jetstar newsroom's press release in 2022 she left the company because during the covid pandemic she had discovered that she was very good at making cakes she started a cake business it grew with enough traction at a, at a rapid rate because there was all this money flowing into the economy and people could afford to splurge on these things like cakes and stuff like that and suddenly she doesn't need to fly domestically for ridiculous hours each week she can do what she loves because she's had two years to develop that
3: i think you got to i just got to say you mentioned the great resignation but i think another point to sort of make clear is that not everyone Resigned by choice. There was a lot of encouragement for... Well, that's right. Taking packages. That goes goes into my second point, which is that over
2: 50% of all airline employees in Australia are on casual-based contracts. More specifically, if we hone into cabin crew contracts, the idea of a casual contract is a double-edged sword. It really is. Because while... The contracts are more versatile, and it allows airlines to crew their aircraft and operate airlines with a with good KPIs, on time performance, all the rest of it. Because of how versatile that contract is, it also means that the employees have the right to decline shifts. The employees have the right to be more open with their work schedule and and the workplace. Like the the employers have to accept that, and that's no more. There's no better example of that. Then with Jetstar and Qantas, where in all of the major Eastern Seaboard crew bases right now, the majority of casual staff hardly work a shift in the month because during COVID, they all got second jobs. They all had to diversify their employment. So suddenly you come out of COVID and these second jobs are no longer secondary. They're primary. These airlines, the casual workers that work for them, it's the secondary job. They are not working as many shifts. Suddenly airlines are looking to or should be looking towards shifting towards more part-time and full-time contracts. I know that currently on LinkedIn, you can find listings for full-time contract cabin crew in New Zealand and Australia for Jetstar and Qantas and in Perth for Virgin Australia. And that is a smart move for airlines because while you may not be able to crew flights more diversely may not be able to be more versatile with the staff that you do have at least you're locking those employees in to a minimum of 38 hours a week okay and that allows you to have better OTPs to offer more capacity on routes maybe even drive the fare price down but the center of the issue with crewing flights and ground staff and operational staff right now comes from the COVID pandemic allowing people to reset and discover that they there's more to life than being a part of an airline.
0: Yeah, exactly right. And I believe that a lot of the people who originally were in airlines that didn't come back didn't choose to come back to airlines because they maybe looked at it as a risky choice, you know. If there was another sort of pandemic or another issue that would arise, they would be the first ones to lose their job first. That's so they right. moved to another industry, maybe like a more healthcare. safe, a
2: safer industry. Yeah, healthcare is a hugely safe that, that industry. Right now, that would never
0: ever shut down. You'd always have a job, regardless of sort of whatever happened in the world. Exactly. You know.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Totally so, agree.
0: Thanks for that, Tom. The second thing that ladies I, ladies wanted- and
2: gentlemen, welcome on
0: board. This is Captain Tommy <laughs> speaking. Would you like fries with that?
3: <laughs> That's you. brilliant. Thank F- you, Ross. Fast, yes. fast food is also an industry that won't go down anytime soon.
2: I'll That's be, true. I'd be known as Captain Tommy for an on and a Captain
1: Tommy speaking. Oh, pretty spot on.
2: Because, because look, we can't even operate. Affecting
1: the global pilot shortage, which is That's big right, part. Also, yeah. a
2: pilot shortage in Australia. Again, every airline in Australia or most airlines currently advertising jobs for first officers, direct entry.
1: Boeing. Has even predicted about seven hundred and ninety thousand pilots will be in demand by the year twenty thirty seven.
2: And you'd have to think a huge percentage of that would be in the US,
1: one hundred percent.
2: Where they're current, aren't they? Currently trying to legislate the retirement age for pilots to be like older, so that they don't have to well, deal with this that. great resignation.
1: A lot of Australian student pilots head to the states. I know Southwest. Um, mm. Love Australian pilots. Cathay Pacific also. Love getting us. Um, Cathay
0: Pacific used to train their pilots in Adelaide. Yeah, yeah. So oh, okay. And the
1: thing with COVID was a lot of uh, a lot of students stopped their flight training because um, they were worried that it would be difficult to get a to get a gig with an airline. If not, how long's the pandemic going to go for? How That's long right. training is going to go for? You know, yep. I remember at one stage we we all couldn't fly for easily three four months straight. That's right. You know, so all our skills did go downhill a little bit.
2: You remember that? Do you remember those two Qantas pilots that were posted on Qantas's Insta in late 2021, where they showed these uh, captain and first officer, and had a picture of them flying together on the th- on the seven three domestically pre-pandemic, and then had a picture of them both together doing like door to door Coles grocery That's deliveries awesome. together. Yeah, <laughs> the delivery drivers. So, hey, adapt and diversify. Yeah. Really. And isn't it funny how deep down the rabbit hole even this one small crux of the issue of of high fare prices how deep you can go down this rabbit hole you can go very deep
0: it's crazy you can go very deep and this is this is this this is only one section of it we haven't even talked about airlines bringing back their aircraft from storage which is what I actually want to talk about so when 2020 hit everyone stopped flying you know global restrictions started coming in countries started closing their borders i mean even here in australia the states started closing their borders to each other Mm. something that we we've definitely not seen in our lifetimes that's right suddenly
2: suddenly we had a brand new republic the republic of mcgowanville
0: yeah that's a western (laughs) australia joke for all you guys that that flew over your head this all meant that the demand for air travel and travel in general just absolutely plummeted so what did airlines do they sent all their well all they sent most of their aircraft into storage so you know a lot of aircraft in Asia sent their aircraft down to Alice Springs Qantas for example sent their aircraft to Victorville you've got airlines in Europe like Lufthansa and Air France that sent their aircraft to Turul in Spain so these you you, you come to a situation where you've got a lot of aircraft that have been stored on the ground for two years And as I mentioned earlier, airlines have not had a lot of money. So we've got a lot of aircraft here on the ground who require maintenance checks. And when I'm talking about maintenance checks, I'm talking about check Cs and check Ds, stuff that takes months and months, right? And when the rebound happened, it rebounded globally. So what we have, right, are all these airlines in the world that all at once want to bring back their capacity, but the aircraft are not airworthy they haven't got their checks in place, right? They need to get check Cs and check check Ds done. So they need to go to the maintenance facility. And everyone's going into the maintenance facility all at once, and the maintenance facility doesn't have capacity at the moment. Far oh, yeah. out. So what we're seeing, right, is a long, long, long backlog in terms of aircraft churning through that maintenance facility to bring it back to be airworthy. So when you bring an aircraft back from storage, it isn't as simple as... As sort of going, yeah, we'll turn a switch and, uh, you know, all good. We're good to fly. No. Absolutely not. Because ins- we've got to ensure the highest standard of safety here in aviation, right? Mm. So for an aircraft, it needs to go through inspections. It needs to be inspected for the structure, the engine, the aircraft systems, and all the avionics. And it takes time. Christos, you know, and-
2: how long, roughly, would it take to wake up a 787? That's been in inst- storage. Oh,
1: to wake up. Oh, look, the systems will still be, you know, it's not like a, it's been a, yeah, it's been a dormant aircraft, but the systems will initially start up properly and should be quick, but it's ensuring that those systems are working efficiently, that there's no right. glitches in the system. You sort of have to, if you will, you have to sort of
2: audit every element of the aircraft oh, absolutely. As it's, to make to sure it's look, functioning yeah,
1: correctly. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Right. As Nick mentioned, it's looked at from head to toe, in and out, um, because even the slightest thing can cause catastrophic issues. I do want to mention
2: that if there's any listeners that are keen to know more about the process of waking up an aircraft, there's a fantastic half-hour-long piece by ABC Insiders that covers the entire wake-up process of a Cathay 777 parked in Alice Springs, and they follow the journey of the maintenance engineers as they wake their they plane up and, and how long it takes and every element involved and what happens after it's woken up. It is fantastic. Go on YouTube, half an hour long. You will not regret having a watch of that. I've not even watched that video. I actually no, might I would, watch it yeah,
0: after this. You could put yeah, it on the list. It's really good. Right. What I do want to add as well, right, is we've got these aircraft, right, that were sent to storage. We've got to bring them back, right? But what we did notice, right, at the start of the pandemic – was airlines were very quick to retire a lot of their older fleet. Now, the 747 was a huge casualty of this, right? For example, I'll give, you, uh, I'll give you British Airways that retired 31 of their Boeing 747s right at the start of the pandemic. However, over the pandemic, they only received 12 wide-body aircraft. So you're, you've taken away 31 aircraft, you've put back 12 aircraft, And I don't know what the mass, you've got, you've got 19 aircraft, you've got a 19 aircraft deficit, basically. And these aircraft manufacturers, these OEMs, Airbus and Boeing are simply not getting the aircraft out on time because COVID lockdowns are affecting their ability to manufacture aircraft. There's disruptions in the supply chain, as we've seen. Now, I'll give you an example of that, right? The Airbus A320 family has a backlog of over 7,000 aircraft. Now, at current production pace, it would take Airbus over a decade to complete all of that backlog. So,
2: we're just not getting those aircraft back out in time. Which, ironically, on that point, they've said openly that they're hiring 13,000 people this year to upscale production and push out that seven-year backlog in a in a quicker time scale, That is sort of the perfect time to, to relate back to that Wizz Air example I mentioned about how there's a seven-year backlog now, but yet the two years of production that Airbus had available, they, were, especially in Europe, in those 320 uh, and those Neo factories, al- almost all of what they were building was Wizz Air orders because everyone delayed their orders because they didn't know what was going to happen in the pandemic and Wizz Air were the only ones that took the gamble and it's clearly paid off. That's yeah. my note on
0: that. That's a very good call, actually. Uh, we've also got to understand as well that manufacturing was slowed down due to the lockdown, so the amount of people that could actually go to work, yeah, and you know that that slowed things down, and it all comes down to the s- disruption in the supply chain that we've seen. So COVID has really started that. The invasion of Russia, the invasion of Ukraine from Russia, hasn't really helped that either. I guess I want to finish off this black box segment this week with, I guess, the follow-up question to our original sort of theory. And I guess that follow-up question is, when will we see airfares become to some sort of normal price again? Mm. You know, pre-pandemic price. And I'll put my own five cents on the matter here. Absolutely. I don't actually think it will be back for a while. I don't think it'll be back until mid to the late 2024, simply because... You know, it is the back end of the pandemic. Airlines, yeah, they've got so much capacity. They've got so much demand now. And they're flying people everywhere. Or they're at least trying to fly people everywhere. But they still face so many challenges we've just mentioned. We mentioned high fuel price. We mentioned labor shortage. We mentioned, you know, stuff like geopolitical challenges with having to change their flight paths when traveling east and west to avoid that Russian airspace, which actually increases, once again, the amount of fuel that you're putting in the aircraft.
2: There are, I'm assuming Chinese carriers have been exempt from that, right? Yeah,
0: Chinese carriers are exempt, but once again, going back to that, until
2: recently, Chinese carriers have been off the market because of their COVID COVID zero policy. So many ironies throughout this. Jet fuel's cheaper, the one-time jet fuel isn't being used. Russian airspace is available to airlines that aren't able to actually send passengers across Russian airspace. Like there's all these little ironies dug in amongst the current, <laughs> the fair hike situation. You know? Yeah. It's, it's crazy. The yeah. good old days, the good the, old days, good 2019. Old days. Uh, it's isn't that funny capacity, potentially at an all time high, including pre pandemic, you know, 2019 and all of these issues coming out the woodworks that in fairness, airlines would not have had a plan or would not even think to develop a plan to tackle if something like that pandemic can come along. So. And Look, who- airlines would have had
0: pandemic on their risk register had they have predicted the scale of which the pandemic actually affected us. No way.
1: And at the speed it affected us. No really- way.
0: I mean, we've had pandemics in the past, right, that's affected the aviation industry. I'm talking about you know SARS in 2001, MERS, which was in 2012, I believe. But they were nowhere near. Bieber fever, that was a big one. Yeah, Bieber mm. fever. That didn't really affect the airline industry, True. though. Manly, in fact, that manly, probably uh, that probably boosted it because everyone was trying to fly in to well, that's right. see the legend himself. The legend, the man, the myth. That's right, yes. The man, the myth, the legend. Anyway, going back to what I was saying, we've obviously got issues at the moment with the cost of living. We've got inflation. And in Australia, at least, it doesn't seem to be going down. Well, oh. they've raised it by 25 basis points. So, obviously... Inflation is still something that we're tackling at the moment, which is causing a cost-of-living crisis. Households have got a lot less money to spend nowadays on discretionary items, but what we've actually seen in most households is traveling has become the top of their priority when it comes to discretionary spending. And despite all this inflation that we're seeing, you know, rise of interest rates, cost-of-living crisis... The demand for air travel is still holding really steady and strong. That's People still want to fly. It's true. incredible.
1: I'm, that's why I'm interested to see how bonds are really starting to kicking off their their commercial operations, seeing how they combat the current industry and with their low fares, which is what they propose that they will be doing, they want it to be the cheapest, yes. whilst delivering a high product.
2: Nick, That's comprehensive coverage of the uh, current fair hike situation in not just Australia, but the world. Yeah, that's what's going on.
0: So hopefully you guys have learned something out of it. Now, realistically, do I think that the prices will go back to pre pandemic level? Yeah, of course. Everything will sort itself out in the world. We'll see some form of economic equilibrium. Once again, and it's when that happens, when supply chain sorts itself out, we can get enough people working, fuel comes down, we'll start to noticeably, noticeably see airfares drop down again and we'll be paying what we used to pay before the pandemic to get to wherever we want to go to.
2: I have to say I'm hoping that that is exactly what happens because we could be sitting here. This is what I say every week. We could be sitting here and in four months' time, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, we, we, we could be sitting here in four months' time and we could still be in the exact same rut here in Australia. But who knows? Hopefully, there's changes that we can relate back to this particular black box segment to do with uh, fare hikes. Who knows? Capacity might come down. As we know, Qantas, Mr. Joyce mentioned on Sunrise two weeks ago that officially, as of... Two months' time, they will be having a new aircraft delivered across Qantas and Jetstar Group. One new aircraft every three weeks for two and a half years straight.
0: That's incredible.
2: It's going to be awesome, mate. How many times we're we going to be going to the bloody airport to see the new um, aircraft arrive? Once every two three month- weeks. That's too much. much. Once every three weeks. Oh, yeah. oh, it's going to Sydney. Don't care. Going to Sydney. Let's yeah. do it. Let's go. Yeah, I just
1: have to look out my balcony. I'm in the middle. Ah, oh, yeah. Path, so. Christos lives <laughs> on
2: the approach pattern, an approach path for thirty-four. So on 3-4, 34, on my, mate. My three, four. I'm going to get roasted by all our listeners here. Yeah? You Sorry did the same that.
0: thing in the first episode, mate. You said 16 so 1-6. Six. I did. What's yeah. wrong with me? Seriously. Yeah.
2: I know. So, boys, it's been a wonderful episode, I have to say. Do we have any closing thoughts on that black box before we round it out?
1: Well, yeah, the aviation industry has definitely come back. Unfortunately, uh, ticket fares have also come back hard, but uh, yeah, like Nick said, hopefully one day, hopefully sooner than later, we can uh, see those airfares drop back to normal. I early. mean, we've
0: really also got ourselves to blame for this one as the general travelling public, simply because we all want to go flying. And there are a lot of us out there that are willing to pay top dollar That's right. to get on that plane, to go on holiday, to see our friends and family, and business travel is coming back as well. That's I don't right. expect it. Look,
3: the prices will eventually go down. I guess we just got to be patient for it because it will happen yeah. eventually. Yeah. That's right.
2: Thank you very much, everyone, for tuning in. It's been a wonderful conversation once again. we got some very contentious topics, very detailed topics that we've covered and will continue to cover. In a couple of weeks' time, looking into the next portion of the season, we do have a valuable guest coming up, and I hope you guys will be eagerly awaiting that. I should also mention that uh, you boys requested of me a soundbite last week that I haven't played today, and I'm sure all the folks at home would love to hear it. So, Ross, give it a blare. Here we go. (laughs) Woo! Is that, that a dog? That, of course, is Nick's dog. Who let dog. the dogs out? Who that, let the dogs out? That's it. That's
3: what exactly. I say. Exactly. Actually, we're going to put call. our
1: challenge to our listeners. If anyone knows what that sound is, please message us on Instagram.
3: Because we don't know either.
2: That's it. <laughs> the unknown sound. So, from all of us here at the Radio Runway Studio, we'd like to say a thank you for getting this far in the podcast. Love our listeners and love Talking Everything Aviation. And we'll see you in the next episode. Until next time.
1: Thanks, guys.